This is Relatively Prime, girls talking in the mathematical domain. I am Samuel Hansen. Girls are smart. Every equation you do is a form of art. It's time to get together, fly rockets, build a house, and control the weather with math. 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 Yes. Who here likes math is not a man, you could be a female mathematician! Math. 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 Yeah. That is the end theme to the podcast, Girls Talk Math, where high school students tell the stories of women mathematicians from throughout history. The podcast is a product of a camp by the same name, which was started by two PhD students at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Francesca Bernardi, who is graduating this year, and Katrina Morgan, who also goes by Catri, and will be graduating in 2019. The idea for this camp started thanks to a grant applications call from UNC for projects on community engagement. When I saw the email, I sought out Catri because I thought she would be the perfect partner to start something together. I knew we were interested in the same kind of activities and we would potentially uh, want to collaborate on some projects. And so we discussed the possibility of doing a camp, and that's where the idea really started. They did not actually get that grant, but they had also applied for the Mathematical Association of America's Tensor Women in Mathematics grant, and that one they did get. In the end, they ended up creating Girls Talk Math, a free two-week camp for high school women in the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill region of North Carolina, also known as the triangle. The main sort of tasks that they're given is they're broken up into groups of four or five, and each group is given one of several lengthy problem sets that cover topics that usually don't get seen until college or or sometimes even graduate school. And as a group, they work through the problem set. They also research a female mathematician whose work is related in some way to the problem set they're working on. And they write a blog post about the math that they did and record a podcast about the female mathematician that they studied. The start of that explanation sounds like what most people would expect from a mathematics camp, a set of mathematical problems for the campers to work through. But then I'm sure you noticed where it started to vary from expectations. This, this was very purposeful. During a lot of those initial conversations, I feel like we talked about what we knew existed out there in terms of, I mean, there are plenty of math camps that you can go to and some that are directed at at girls. But there's all this sort of awareness and research about like specifically what are the issues that face girls who are interested in math? Like why do they get discouraged and things like not seeing themselves represented, not having a lot of confidence in their own abilities. Like those are sort of known factors and we didn't really feel like a lot that was out there was actively trying to address that. And so we were very conscious of sort of thinking through we know what the problem is, what is something we can do to actually try to address that. Both Francesca and Katrina saw science and mathematics communications as one of the ways to tackle these problems. We felt that including podcasts in the structure of the camp would be an exciting way to get girls interested in mathematics, but also to showcase to them that the history of women doing math, it's been there all along, we just don't know about it. It was also a way for them to reach beyond just the campers to the rest of the world too. By creating something, we're not just impacting the students 
who are there attending the camp, but anyone, anyone who listens to the podcast can learn about all of these women that they probably didn't know about. I've learned a ton just from listening to the, the campers podcast. During the camp itself, they have a morning session and an afternoon session, each with two one and a quarter hour slots. During these slots, the campers do many different things, such as working on their problem sets or planned activities like... On the first day last year, we did this Barbie bungee jump where they had to kind of do some experiments with a Barbie doll and some rubber bands and making a bungee cord for, for her and seeing how far she would go and then estimate how long they should make this bungee cord so they could throw her off the side of a, a bridge and by our building and have her get close to the ground but not touch it. As well as more traditional things like lectures and panels, of course. They work a lot and they work hard. We, we like the fact that we leave their schedule open to their preference. And so on one day, they may work on their math for the entire day or they may break it up and do math in the morning and then do research in the afternoon. A lot of the girls have chosen to write a script for their podcast. So that's something that they've also spent quite some time doing. It's never too repetitive. They have a lot of things to do, and so they they keep busy. Even though they have lots of things to do with respect to their own problem sets, Katrina and Francesca wanted to make sure that they did not leave the camp, having only learned about one area. Each of the groups really only works on one problem set, but we want all of them to get an idea of what the other topics that were available are. And so we've invited graduate students from the math department both here at North Carolina State University uh, last year to come and give short 30-minute lectures uh, that are introductory for each one of the topics that we were working on so that all of them could have an idea of what everyone was working on. And then going back to that, at the very on the last day, uh, each group made a short presentation of what they had learned and what they had enjoyed in the math that they had done during camp. Being a mathematical podcaster, I couldn't help myself but keep on coming back to why they included podcasting in their camp. You heard a couple of reasons earlier, but later on in our conversation, a different one came forward. One that I found incredibly interesting. I really wanted the camp to appeal to more than just like that top 5% student who is probably going to succeed in her mathematical career with or without us and get the attention of folks who are like, I don't know, I thought that one math class was kind of interesting, but I'm not sure it's for me, but I'd maybe be curious to explore more. And it seemed like a way to get people's attention who maybe don't already fit the bill of like who's expected to be staying on this math track. I believe that having something that attracts more diverse people is good. We have very little diversity in math and clearly what we've been doing for all of this time is not working to get <laughs> different people involved. And there are a lot of math camps, even a lot of math camps that are directed at girls. So we wanted to do something that was different. We believed that putting this aspect and highlighting it on the brochures and on the flyers would maybe attract people who normally wouldn't see themselves of people who want to spend two weeks doing math during the summer. But then, you know, once that got their foot through the door, could show them that they are capable and hopefully inspire them to keep going afterwards. This is something that you can actually hear happening with some of the campers in the podcast from the first year of the camp about Grace Hopper. So she reached like far and above people's expectations of her and 
she just completely changed. She changes the way that I look at my own expectations for myself, like as a woman and as someone who might feel like feel discouraged by the gender imbalance. I feel like I definitely agree with you, Michelle. Um, as a woman and uh, even more so, honestly, as an African-American woman, you don't see a lot of people that look like you that are doing the things that you want to do, that are, are pioneering in fields that that have really have yet to be discovered and knowing that it can be done and giving girls hope that your gender won't shouldn't slow you down and if you don't believe it will then it won't and your race shouldn't play a part in what you think you can do and if you don't think that it does then it won't it's not just in the podcast that this is visible either it even made it into print as one camper wrote an article for their school newspaper And in the piece, she talked about the fact that she wasn't really someone who identified as being a math person, but she something had caught her eye in the camp and she came and it was a very, she was sharing a very positive experience about how great it was to just be surrounded by all these girls who were interested in math. And that like wasn't, you know, the expectation that she came in with. And the evidence that this approach works is not just anecdotal. We give them like, you know, pre and post surveys to sort of assess how things are going and they have very positive things to say and in some of their long form answers say sort of precisely what we want in terms of like, oh, I realized that sometimes it's really hard, but if I just keep going and kind of think through this logically, I can get there. Like, yes, that's, that's exactly what, what you, we want you to be getting out of this. Uh, it's, it is, it's very encouraging to hear their own, in their own words, what camp is like, because it sounds like it's getting where we're hoping it'll go. Over the past two years, They've had campers from all over the triangle, including homeschooled students and traditional students from a variety of schools from across the financial spectrum. One thing Katrina and Francesca noticed was that they were getting in magnet school students, but not from science and tech schools. Instead, they were getting them from schools focused in arts and the humanities, not exactly your usual mathematics summer camp students. Their approach also meant that the diversity in the camp was not just about those who did not self-identify as mathematics people. Less than 50% of our students both year uh, was white, and we had a big variety of students both in age and also a kind of a mix of students coming from more from the city and more from rural areas. So we had a very diverse group. It's a good shout that the cost of the camp probably also plays a role in maintaining this diversity. It was very important for us to uh, keep the camp free uh, for all attendees. And last year, we also offered lunch for the students who requested it so that we were trying to get as low an impact on their families as possible. I'm really glad that Francesca and Katrina have done all this work. And for a very selfish reason, too. I mean, I'm sure that the experience of the camp has been great for the women who've attended. But really, I'm glad because it's given me a glimpse into the experience of mathematics and science for women in high school. I will readily admit to not speaking with any high schoolers regularly, but I had assumed that things were significantly better for women in high school with respect to the underlying biases about their ability to do mathematics and science than they were when I was in high school well over a decade ago now. 
listening to the Suchitra Sebastian episode of the Girls Talk Math podcast has provided me with a cold splash of water in the face, though. Personally, when I studied with guys, I was always considered the inferior of the group, and trust me, I wasn't. There's this guy I knew, he would always re-explain exactly what I said back to me. Like, for example, Catherine, describe sine. So sine is opposite over hypotenuse, and you can use it to find um, the sides or angles in right triangles. You can use sine to find the sides or angles in a right triangle, and it's opposite over hypotenuse. It's the exact same thing. (laughs) Oh, that's really frustrating. The other women in that episode did have different and more positive experiences. But for some reason, in my head, I just thought that the younger generation was above such gendered bias, which I understand is wishful thinking. But wishing a lot for those growing up seems like a good thing. I asked Katrina and Francesca if they had heard about things like this from a lot of their campers. I think the reality is we don't really sit them down and and ask them questions like this a lot during the camp, and they certainly naturally come up when we have a lot of conversations, uh, and sometimes people might, might share something, and we do hear that sort of thing. But even outside the camp, and I think Francesca and I both can point to numerous conversations we've had with young people who talk about that experience. Um, Even just a couple weeks ago, there was someone who was interested in coming to UNC for college and she came and her ended up talking to Francesca and I and was talking about what it's like being a female in high school who's interested in math and some of the bad things that happened in sort of group work if there's only one girl in the group. It, I do think it's getting better, but it's not, it's not done. I, that's still very much an issue for, I think, teenage girls is the sort of social conditioning that they get and the social conditioning that their peers get. Because yeah. I do feel like we have this perception that our current generation is doing better, but they still learn from their parents. And if their parents don't teach them better, they're not going to learn better. Yeah, I, I don't know. I may, other than this specific examples that you're pointing to, I feel like the campers have maybe complained more about their teachers than their student than their fellow students. But again, this is all anecdotal than not, rather than something we've kept track on. Yeah, it, I do have the impression that the newer generations are better, but it's still not resolved. So these are the students that would encounter that more, considering that they are the ones who are interested in doing something that's not traditionally seen as feminine or suitable for for females. So it it may also not be the perfect sample, but it it definitely is the one that that we talk to the most, uh, and they do not seem to have overcome the problem right now. Whether or not we ever end up fully overcoming this problem It thankfully isn't incumbent on society understanding that women can excel at and enjoy mathematics for them to do just those things. And I have proof. Uh, So I I want to talk uh, just for a sight. There's only a couple more questions here. But one, what I want to talk about is it's my legitimate favorite moment from all of the podcasts, uh, which happens a about four minutes into the Joan Beerman uh, episode. Oh my gosh, there's a truffle wheel on there. There is! I saw that! There's a truffle wheel. 
Okay, y'all, we're going crazy because on Rachel's glasses, there's a truffle or not, and we've been working on knots, as you can tell. She didn't even notice this whole time. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Okay. Anyways. The amount of excitement that they get out of this, it was so heartening to me because it's this group of people who all of a sudden are starting to see mathematics in the world in a way that... I don't think that high schoolers, even undergrads, usually get to see mathematics. Uh, and, and so, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, I just wanted <laughs> to tell you that I love that moment. I, I love that moment, too. It's there. I agree with everything you just said. They're so excited. Yeah, they were an interesting group. Um, and they had so much fun with this problem set, which honestly is a great problem set. Uh, it's very visual and we gave them yarn to work with so that they could work on the knots, play with the knots. Um, and on their presentation, they created the knots and stick them to a whiteboard and then rolled the whiteboard around the building everywhere with them so that they could show to everyone. If you're interested in making sure that great moments like that keep happening, or just love the idea of Girls Talk Math, I'm happy to tell you that they are working on setting up a way to take donations sometime in the next couple of months. So keep your eye on girlstalkmath.com for that. And at both the Triangle Area Camp and the New Maryland Camp, there may be volunteer opportunities available if you reach out to the organizers, which you can do by sending an email to girlstalkmath at unc.edu. And if volunteering isn't quite enough, if you want to do something bigger, if you want to do something more similar to the actual Girls Talk Math Camp, well, Francesca and Katrina can help you there too. For anyone who's interested in bringing something like this to where they are or giving opportunities to students that they have uh, to work on, on problem sets like these. We are in the process of getting everything published and freely available online, including the problem sets and solutions uh, for people to use in whatever capacity they want. If you're interested in making a Girls Talk Math of your very own, then please email us and we're happy to facilitate that and talk about the steps to make that happen. If you just want to use problem sets in your high school classroom or your kid's math club or at home or, or anything, you're absolutely welcome to use them that way as well. And if none of those things are on the cards for you, that's totally okay because there's still one really easy way that you can help Katrina and Francesca. Just tell people about Girls Talk Math, the camp, the blogs, the podcast, share them around and tell people about this amazing work. Even though we did not incorporate math puns <laughs> heavily into the camp, that was something they came up with on their own. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy learning about through teacher Sebastian and her fascinating work. Stay tuned for some radical math puns. There's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator. Only a fraction of you will find that funny. I am reading a book on anti-gravity. It's hard to put down. Don't be mean, be median or mode. I used to hate math, but then I realized decimals have a point. Y equals mx plus b is my favorite one-liner. You know, math is the only subject that counts. I'll do calc, I'll do trig, and I'll even do statistics. But graphing is where I draw the line. What do baby parabolas drink? Quadratic formula. <laughs> 
Math class is full of drama. There are so many problems to work out. Dear Algebra, please stop asking us to find your ex. She left you and we don't know why. Girl, <laughs> girl, are you 90 degrees? Because you're looking right. Well, I hope all these puns add up. Thanks for listening. Well, that is all the time that we have for this episode of Relatively Prime. I want to thank Francesca Bernardi and Katrina Morgan from Girls Talk Math for joining me for this episode. And I also want to thank Science CTN for the music that I'm talking over right now. This track is called Ants Go Jumping. You can find it over on SoundCloud. I really love this track. I've used it in every single season of Relatively Prime, so please go support Science CTN. Relatively Prime is brought to you by its wonderful patrons on Patreon. If you want to make my day and help me make my rent, you can go over to patreon.com slash relprime or relprime.com slash support and, you know, pledge give me a couple of bucks for every episode. It really, really helps a lot. If you don't have any money, that is totally fine. You can also help support Relatively Prime by heading over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to this show and leaving a review. That's how all their algorithms are set up. So if you do that, you might help other people find the show or you can just tell someone about the show. That's also a great way. As a matter of fact, just steal someone's smartphone and subscribe them to the show. They might just look and be like, I don't remember subscribing to this, but I, I must have. So I guess I'll listen to it. And then guess what? We have another listener. And that is really all that I'm looking for from life is, is more listeners. If you have any feedback, please send me an email, samuel at acnescience.com. And thank you so much to all of you who did after my plea for emails last time around. It is great to know that so many of you are listening. This is why I do the show is because of all of you listeners. Finally, Relatively Prime is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license, which means that you can feel free to take my voice, remix it, remaster it, change its speed, its tone, its pitch, do whatever you want to do. As long as you say that the original audio came from Relatively Prime. And I think that that is it for these credits this time around. So, as always, thank you just so much for listening. Really, from deep down at the very bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. And have just the most matherific week. Bye, y'all.